Welcome to Inside Michigan Business Podcast. This episode is made possible by Dell for Startups, providing solutions for all of your startup needs at special savings. Check out Dell's top business class PCs and accessories and register at startupnation.com forward slash Dell to save on Dell's awesome lineup of best-in-class laptops, monitors, and accessories. Today on Inside Michigan Business, we've got the dynamic mayor of the city of Troy with us, Mayor Ethan Baker. In his own words, he's leading the city of Troy with an agenda based on needing to create a fresh start for the city, a new tone. And he will achieve this by listening and respecting all voices, recognizing its diversity and governing with the integrity and decorum we deserve. With a background as a lawyer and a deeply passionate lover of the city of Troy, the husband and father has rallied support for his leadership and is applauded by many as being the right guy at the right time to confront and address the issues and the opportunities facing the city of Troy today. Ethan Baker, good to have you on with us today. We're happy you're joining us. Mayor Baker, mayor of the city of Troy, welcome to Inside Michigan Business. Thanks, Jeff. Happy to be here. Good to have you. Great to have you. So you are a young politician bringing youth and vitality and fresh perspective to politics in the state of Michigan. Boy, do we need that. We're happy to have you in the seat in which you sit, not only on the show, but for your day job, if you will. Tell us a little bit about your background and why you ran for the mayor of the city of Troy. Yeah, sure. Well, it's funny, young and politician, those sometimes are really negative words. So I'll, I'll, t- I'll politicians a little bit more negative these days. I'll take the young and youthful part. I think that's planned pretty well. You know what? And I am happy you picked up on that. Let's call it a young leader. Oh, I, oh that's wow. better, right? <laughs> I young, think you, you're you, a young leader bringing fresh young leadership to the city of Troy and the broader community that surround Troy. Please, Jeff, you're a great guy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, I, well, yeah, I got elected mayor in, in November of 2019. I'd been on city council in Troy for four years before that. So I've been pretty ingrained in the city politics, at least of the last seven years here in the city of Troy. And um, I'm a lawyer by trade, had some political work. I worked for President and Mrs. Reagan in their post-presidential office back in uh, the early 2000s in Southern California. That's amazing. It was, uh, yeah. that's a whole that's a whole podcast in and of itself story, it is, it different is. talk. It's a whole I mean, resume in and of itself. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I was into politics, into the how people work and doing good for communities and just really paying attention to what can make a difference in the world. But, you know, that sounds all very high and fancy. And really, it's about doing the work and helping communities and helping your neighbors. And I, I got involved in my HOA when we moved into our subdivision in Troy back in 2009. And I really realized, like, God, I like helping people. I like, you know, people come to me with problems. I try to fix them. And when you're in HOA, it's simple stuff. It's, oh, I don't like that their trash cans are out or they're leaving. You know, they have a trailer in the driveway for a week. Isn't that against our bylaws? And so you try to resolve those. And then by 2015, I wanted to take it a little bit on a bigger scale and do it citywide. And the funny thing is, it's the same kind of problems, right? It is. Exactly. I was just going to say, just bigger just bigger, but it's the same stuff. And, um, you know, we had a little bit of corruption in Troy. We had, um, you know, our former city manager served time in federal prison. We had a little bit of difficulty getting out of that, I think. And part of my role, I think, in being mayor and getting elected mayor was I was the one that the two candidates who was most likely to bring Troy into a new, a new era and kind of get rid of some of that bad stuff and move things forward. And I think, you know, we've, with a good city council and good city team, we've done a pretty good job of doing that. Obviously COVID took the focus of a lot of that, but, um, it's been almost three years now, and we're going going strong. You are indeed. You have a lot of support and um, you know, a lot of enthusiasm around what you're doing. And you know, the comment about young and fresh obviously was a compliment. Calling you a politician, I mean, nothing personal, 
But, you know, politics has changed a lot. I grew up actually in politics, believe it or not. My uncle was the chairman of the re-elect Governor Milken campaign. He became a chairman of the state Republican Party, he went on to become a regent at the University of Michigan and so on. I mean, he was heavily rooted in politics. And so it rubbed off on me. And at that time, it was a really cool thing. It was so noble. Let's say maybe up until, I mean, I was there for the Richard Nixon era, and that's when I think things started to turn a bit. But then maybe things have always been the same. Who knows? Nevertheless, in, in my conscious and my awareness, I don't know. Politics is so today. It's so ugly, it seems. Yeah. Tough. Is, yeah. Is, do you see that? Do you, do you deal with that? Obviously, I think the federal government and the state government deal a lot more with the ugliness. We're fortunate in city government in Troy, especially in most cities throughout our state and even country are nonpartisan by design. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. we don't have partisan leanings. Of Doesn't course. mean we don't all have our right. our feelings, but we um, we keep the R and the D out of it from uh-huh. our election standpoint. Yes. And that does help us work a little bit better together on certain things. And obviously, you know, whether your road gets fixed or what gets built next to your house and your neighborhood, those aren't Republican or Democrat right. issues. Those are political those issues. Are like, right. We need like, good leaders to help us yeah. create a great community and and the best leaders in the best communities happen when our leaders are working in concert closely with business, you know, with the community. And you've been able to do that very successfully. I mean, I met you the first time at a, a Troy Chamber event, and there you were front and center, you know, talking with business leaders, people in the community. And so you've made it, you know, your kind of your orientation or a big part of it anyway as mayor to be right there in lockstep, hand in hand, arm in arm with businesses in your community. Yeah, for sure. Troy is known as a business, you know, it powerhouse is. in the in the region, really in the whole state. And so I think it's important that a mayor of Troy pays special attention to our business community. Obviously, we represent the residents too. And unfortunately, I think there's sometimes that perception that you're either with the businesses or you're with the people. And I, I think they can go do it together, frankly. So yeah, I've done a big focus on you know, making sure our business community is doing well. Obviously, through COVID and coming out of COVID, that's been a bigger and stronger focus than it ever has been, I think. But listen, the businesses in our city help pay for our infrastructure. They right. provide jobs to our residents. They keep Troy relevant. They keep good people coming to our city, which keep our schools going well. I mean, it, it all goes together. And if, I think to ignore that is a mistake. Right, of course. And so tell us about some of the initiatives you've had and some of the focus you've had as mayor on the business community. What have been some of the larger, more focused initiatives you've had as mayor you know, to supercharge the business community there? And what are some of the bigger accomplishments you've had already? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So the city of Troy is unique in one respect that we don't offer, you know, tax incentives or abatements to businesses. We're not in that business like a lot of other cities are, like at the state level you see, or even the county level. We're really focused on attracting and retaining businesses with good old-fashioned kind of mom-and-pop issues, right? We know that if we provide solid infrastructure for our businesses, we provide a solid workforce and keep regulations light, businesses are going to want to be in Troy. Mm-hmm. We're very fortunate, obviously, to have I-75 run right through the middle of us in the Big Beaver Corridor. So that gives right. us a leg up right away. But really, for me, it's about making sure Troy stays on a positive front. I mean, if someone Googles Troy, they're going to see that it's a good place to be and they're not going to see a bunch of bad press because a business isn't going to relocate into Troy if the first thing they do when they Google it is see a bunch of bad stuff, right? Of course. So we have to do policies and we have to keep a, a mindset in the city that is always going to put us out front in a positive light. And I know that sounds kind of silly to some people, but it really makes a big, big difference, especially now when everyone is so focused on, you know, well, you look and see what's going on online first for anything for a community. So, but we, you know, we're very careful with our licensing requirements. The other big thing that we really focus on, and I've I've worked on as mayor with this council is making sure our, you know, our code enforcement and planning department can streamline processes. So when there's build outs of businesses coming in or things like that, everything runs very, very smoothly and quickly because there's nothing worse for a new business 
than having to wait for the government bureaucrat to come by and sign off on a piece of paper, right? For sure. So we want to have an A to Z start to finish process that is smooth, is transparent, is really clear to the business owner. So they know exactly what to expect going in and then they get the same great customer service throughout. So they're ready to open um, as soon as they're, as soon as they're ready. They, yep. We don't want to be the holdup in Troy. And I hear that time and time again, at ribbon cuttings, you know, your staff at the planning department or code enforcement, they were great. They really got here. We had problems. They were quick to problem solve and get back with us. And that, that reputation, I think kind of carries out. And that is one big thing we can really focus on in, in the city of Troy that we do that's helping businesses thrive here. Yeah. And of course you have the crown jewel in local retail in Somerset mall based right there in Troy. You talk about the, you know, I 75 big beaver corridor. Yeah. Certainly that's a major calling card. You know, some communities have a major main street kind of community or infrastructure where they have their merchants. You have the the mall there and of course other local merchants as well, but that's a huge calling card to the community. It brings a lot of dollars into the city. Obviously they're a huge you know taxpayer for us, no question, but really the economic activity that they, um, that they encourage create. and that they drive, yes. right. Yes. Just by bringing people in. Yes. People come to Somerset from all over. I mean, not just it's Michigan. amazing. They come from Canada. I mean, when it's easy to get back and forth over the border and, you know, they come from Ohio and India. I mean, they really do. I mean, it's fascinating. Well, listen, to- when I travel, I remember recently I had a travel experience out, out of state coming back. Someone said, isn't, isn't that, do you live where that, that amazing mall is there? <laughs> you know, they didn't remember the name, but there you go. You yep. know, and they were referring to Somerset mall. Well, and here's what happened. They come up like 75 for the most part, they get off a of big beaver they know they're going to shop at Somerset, but we've got a bunch of restaurants through there. We've got hotels being built there that exist there. They're going to spend their time and money in the city of Troy. We don't have a traditional downtown, right? We're not on a river. Exactly. We're not a port. We right. don't have train tracks that run through us that right. create that downtown that so many communities were built on. But we do have Somerset and we have, I know that sounds silly <laughs> to make a mall your downtown, but that big beaver corridor right there really is our version of a downtown and it's what draws people. It's the center of our city and, and people know it. And it's, yeah. it's great. When I think of Troy, I think of that as, as you're calling it the big beaver corridor, you know, it kind of runs crooks North and South, obviously, mm-hmm. and all those perpendicular streets off of the big beaver corridor, that center there, that epicenter is really where a lot of big offices uh, are yeah. based and, and, you know, uh, companies uh, base themselves and employees are working during the day and and where a lot of the retail takes place as well on the Big Beaver Corridor. So that's a really important business epicenter for you guys there. And as I said, one that's well known. People come from far and wide, as you said, to come to that mall and to spend time there. So are you, you know, I have to ask about COVID, coming off the COVID era. Are you, do you feel that there's been a wave of recovery, you know, uh, are things rolling again? You know, there's all these issues around. Do we go back to the office? Are there are there landlords expressing issues and hurting these days. What are you seeing in the business community in Troy? It's a mixed bag, Jeff. There's a lot of different things I see. I mean, I'll tell you, we'll talk about Somerset again. Somerset, for example, the minute they reopened pretty regularly back in June of 2020, they were packed and they've been busy nonstop. People are spending less time in their collection because they're not a mall, they're a collection, Somerset collection, but uh, people were there and shopping, right? It's been fascinating to see that. But the businesses, the office buildings, you know, we have a lot of office buildings throughout Troy, and that has been a little bit scary at times to watch. I've noticed now today the parking lots are full again, or at least much more full than they were a year ago last summer, which I think is a good sign that people are getting into the office. I've done a lot of business tours um, with the Troy Chamber on my own as well and talked to people. And, you know, people are... A lot of them still offer kind of a hybrid workplace, right? Where they're in the office two or three days and they're at home two or three days. But 
I think more and more people are leaning to having people in the office, at least at some point, which is great for us because in the city of Troy, we're about 90,000 regular population. But prior to COVID, our population would double to 180,000 people during the work week of people coming into our city, right? So it took that, those 180,000 people then were using our restaurants and our retail sure. and all of our shops. And so it's those little, little mom and pop type shops that were really suffering when people are not coming to work in the city of Troy. We just don't have enough people on our own to support all of them. So it's great for me to see those cars in the parking lots. It's not so great to see the traffic on the roads, but that's a good sign that people are back moving things around as normal. And I think that we're recovering well from that standpoint. Obviously, landlords are going to suffer some as leases expire. There are some people who are downsizing. You hear a lot about that, right? Maybe we don't need 10, 20,000 square feet of space anymore. We can do the same thing in five or 6,000. Well, when their leases are coming up, that those are getting renewed. And that's, I think we're starting to see a little bit of that, but we've still got, you know, people moving into Troy from all over this world. And I've been very you know, happy to see that as people are downsizing, there's also new businesses coming in. And so they're filling that space. We'll see what happens. We're also converting some office space. I say we, it's the, the private industry that's doing it, but that's another big change we've done is we're also making it a little easier for someone to convert an office building into maybe residential, which I think is exciting for mm-hmm. a big business. There's a lot of that going on, I know. It's yeah. happening. We're, yeah. we're building some residential units also on some outlots uh-huh. in that big beaver corridor. And I think, and that's going to change the dynamic a little bit, which will also help support those smaller retail and restaurants because there'll be people living right there and they can walk right there. I think that's the exciting thing, but we're, we're coming out of COVID. It's good to see. I, I'm, I remain cautiously optimistic that we'll continue to continue to grow. Yeah. And, and you touched on and something I wanted to talk about, and that is the building. Are you seeing new and a lot of new projects being initiated right now? You know, we've come off a, at least in the residential area anyway, a building boom. Yeah. Is that continuing? What are you seeing today? It is in Troy. I mean, I, you know, the, the irony is when I got elected mayor, I think there was a little bit of perception that I wanted to put a little bit of a, you know, turn down the dial a little bit on some of the development because we had some neighborhood strife. Basically, people were building things close to neighborhoods and they were concerned. And I think the perception was that I was going to be the mayor that might slow things down a little bit. And, you know, maybe in a sense, that's true. I'm certainly trying to slow down the controversy and the difficulties that neighborhoods are having. But I think the irony is I'm probably overseeing the, one of the biggest building booms in the city of Troy mm. in a couple of decades as mayor, which I think is really fascinating to watch. And yeah, I mean, we're getting new construction. We're getting, you know, a lot of rehab of older buildings. It's just the nature of it. People want to be in the city of Troy for all the reasons I've talked about. But, you know, the location, the infrastructure, obviously a, a big focus that I've heard from businesses is that the, the big question is how do you attract and retain employees? Well, you got to make it a good place for them to want to work and live. And Troy's doing that, I think, right? We've got great public schools. We've got all that retail yep. and restaurant. We've yep. got beautiful neighborhoods. So businesses know and companies know, hey, if we're, if we're there headquartered in Troy, employees are going to want to live there and means they're going to want to come to work with us. So that's, that's kind of how we're doing it. And that's encouraging a lot of development, both residential and commercial. Right. And that creates, you know, bringing people in, whether to live and work or to work, but to come in for the work days, you say doubling the population when people do come into work, those things are all, they feed on one another. You know, they're, they're all part of the ingredients, the pot of ingredients, if you will, that makes for a great stew at the end of the day. Right. I mean, you got to have people coming in, you got to have them spending their dollars. You got to have them present there better if they're living there, even if they're just visiting for the day. But you're focused on all of that. What are some of the biggest challenges as mayor? You know, I always wonder about getting things done. Politics is, is being in a political position, a leadership position. It's known to be bureaucratic and slow moving at times. You're a guy that likes to get things done. That's clear. 
how is it? What are some of the bigger challenges you face on a day-to-day basis? Well, yeah, I think I've got a lot of big ideas for the city of Troy. I'd like to see us, you know, advance in certain areas and I'm confident we can do it over time, but it does take a lot of time because it's not just me waving a magic wand. I've got to get council to go along with it, right? We need council to approve it, which, you know, I think we have a great city council right now and they, we are on the, on the same page on a lot of these issues. But then we've got not only city council to come up with that policy or come up with that idea and approve it and the funding. We then have to get, you know, city administration and city management to actually do those things, to execute those things, which which can be also slow. And, you know, by design, honestly, like our city attorney, she wants to make sure everything is done, you know, by the book and doesn't want to get us any legal trouble. We've got city planning department and city management who their jobs at times, I hate to say it, is to keep us politicians a little bit at bay so we don't get out ahead of our skis and make mistakes, right? Doesn't mean I don't want to push them when we try to push them on certain things. So I think that's a challenge a little bit is trying to get the timing right of all this stuff because you hear residents say, oh, for example, we had a group that they've been really wanting a cricket field in the city of Troy. And um, they've been asking and asking and, and we've talked to them and we're all for it. We think it's a great idea. We've got a great Southeast Asian and Indian population in the city of Troy. I was going to say, I think that's really interesting. Culturally diverse to see cricket in the city of Troy. Really cool. Makes sense yeah. for us, right? Well, that's great. I can't just go down and spend a half a million dollars or a million dollars to build a new field quickly. We've got to make sure it's budgeted, obviously. We've got to make sure that all the other priorities are also met. We've got to make sure that the Parks Department and DPW have all the right areas set up. have got to make sure there's bathrooms. I mean, you've got to do all that stuff, right? So they can't be playing cricket this weekend. They've got to be, you know, it takes time. And, you know, we're in process on the cricket field. We've got some money approved. I love that. We're doing it, which is good. But that's just an example of that kind of thing. I think residents and businesses alike expect us to be able to just do it much faster. And then you realize, oh, there's a, a lot of processes that we have to follow. I would imagine for a visionary like you and a leader like you that like to get things done, you know, it's got a lot of energy. It's got to be a bit of a, you know, I don't want to call it an encumbrance, an impediment to move as fast as you'd probably otherwise like to. I mean, you know, you've got your view on the right path. For sure. And I, and I think you see that a lot in politics these days. You see a lot of business types and business leaders getting elected into politics and they're coming in expecting to make big changes quickly because they can do it in their own private company. But then they realize, oh, I'm in government and exactly. it really is slow. And, it, and I always try to remind people it's slow by design. Of course it works. The checks and balances got to have it. We have to do that. And, you know, the other big challenge I face um, as the mayor and we all do in the city of Troy is the you know resources as far as financial resources. We don't have enough money today to build and do all the things I want to do for the city right now. Right. So we have to figure out how we're going to make that work. We've obviously, I talk a little bit about this, not too exciting stuff, but it's important, I think, is, you know, we're still dollar for dollar bringing in way less money today than we were in 2007, adjusted for inflation because of the Great Recession. So 2008, 9, 10, 11, our tax revenues plummeted because the real estate market plummeted everything, right? But as you know, in the state of Michigan with Headley and Prop A, it only can go back up so small and incrementally over the years. And we're still, like I said, we collect today, adjusted for inflation, $15 million less a year than wow. we did in 2007. Now that I didn't know. So that's huge. It's a big amount of money. We're, and you know, we're not going to come in and raise a bunch of taxes to try to make it up. And you can't do that. that. That wouldn't work. And we don't want to do that. But we've done a really good job in the city of Troy prior to me and continuing now of doing more with less. But at a certain point, we realized, well, wait a minute, we've got to invest in some infrastructure here. Otherwise, it's going to cost us exponentially more down the line. But we have to have the money to do that. So we're trying to find creative ways to do that. That's sure. not going to, you know, hurt the taxpayer in the city of Troy. But we want, to, yeah. we want to do those things. And that's a challenge when you have big ideas because big ideas tend to cost money, I've learned, right? Yes, and you know, yes. You got, and as we know, and every business knows, everything has gone up in cost over the past couple of years. 
if you can get laborers to do the work, you're going to pay a lot more for the steel, for the wood, for everything, all that. So it's just a bad system right now. Well, and I think being used the word creativity, and I think that's an appropriate yeah. one. You know, today, I don't want to say more than ever, but certainly more than in recent times, you've, you can't follow a formula. You know, you really do need to be creative. You need to think out of the box a little more in order to get things done. I, I know there's that kind of pressure. There's that kind of pressure on businesses today and yeah. will be going forward the next few years in this tough environment. And I know you have to do that as well. You know, we tend to think of ourselves as a Detroit region. You know, mm -hmm. we, we look at ourselves as a region here, but internally there can also be a little bit of tension between the suburbs and Detroit. So I know growing up with my tech incubator here, there was a big debate about, are you going to be in downtown Detroit or are you going to be out in the suburbs? And, you know, to me, I looked at it as all one and the same, you know, we're all one big happy family, but it depends on how you look at it and why in one way we are in another way we compete. You've got Automation Alley and a real focus here on bringing tech companies and startups and so on and venture capital to your community. But tell us about the relationship between uh, your city and the city of Detroit, for example. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think when I first got onto council and I was early in this, I really saw us as I don't, adversaries is too strong of a word, but I did see us more as competitors. And I thought, oh, you know, we've got all these office buildings in Troy, but people are wanting to go downtown to Detroit and that's going to hurt us. And I think at this point, I've realized we all play our role in the region, right? And yeah, there's going to be people that would prefer to be in Detroit and businesses that would prefer to be in Detroit. But people also know there's a good amount of people that as soon as they start having kids, they want to be up in Troy and that's where the businesses are going to be, right? So Detroit's going to have some, we're going to have some, and I think that's okay and we can work together. But, you know, we are one big region. For example, the NFL draft's coming here yes. in, in Isn't two, that two years. It's hugely yeah. exciting. And, yeah. the, and here's the reality of it. The city of Detroit doesn't have enough hotels. They don't have enough restaurants. They don't have enough to service all the people that are going to come in. So a lot of those people are going to be staying in Troy. They're going to be eating in Troy. They're going to be shopping in Troy. So that's how we really do look at ourselves as a region. And, you know, I'm a competitor by nature. We all have a little bit of competitiveness in us, I think. But I think I'm more of a collaborator at the end of the day. I, I think it's important that we have a strong relationship with the city of Detroit and not just Detroit. I mean, Sterling Heights next door, Rochester Hills, all of us, all these communities, we do need to work together. But that doesn't mean that I don't get a little bit pissed off when I see a business go into one of those other cities. and say, Oh, you could come to Troy. We're so much better. What are you doing? Of so course. That, comp that comp competitive streak in nature always does exist. But right. I've, I've learned to really see us as a region that has to work together and recognize we all play our role. And, you know, they may get theirs this time, but we're going to be next for something else because somebody else who's just as excited about Detroit is going to realize, well, Troy is 10 times better for me for these reasons. So we just have to make sure we stay consistent and not chase people. I think when you chase businesses or when you're chasing things and policies, trying to compete in that level, you screw yourself up. Stay consistent, do what's right, and go with the strengths. What about your vision? Now, you know, here you are, you've come into this position here, leading the city of Troy. What do you want your legacy to be? I know it's way too early to start talking about legacy and broadly, but as it relates to your post <laughs> as the mayor of the city of Troy, what are the kinds of things that would make you most proud to leave as a mark of achievement on the city? One of the biggest things that and we touched on a little bit earlier, and it's a little bit, it's not as sexy as some things, but cleaning up some of the corruption stuff and the, the transparency in government and having to, you know, we put in a, a strong ethics ordinance that the city never had. I think that's going to be part of, you know, if someone is looking back, some poor person's researching what happened when Mayor Baker was mayor of Troy. I mean, that would be something they would see and they could understand that a little bit. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. And I've accomplished that so far, right? Now I just have to keep that one going. But, you know, the other part of it is for me, I think it's important for Troy to be 
competitive, not just now, but into the future. So some of that long range planning, because you can see what happens to a city if they don't adapt, if they don't evolve, if they don't keep up with things, they can kind of die off and become irrelevant. And I, I don't ever want to see Troy be irrelevant in this region or in the state of Michigan. And I, and I think I hope to continue to be out promoting Troy, making Troy an attractive place for businesses and people to come. And if I can make that part of my eventual legacy, I think that would be great. So, I mean, those are a couple of things off the top of my head. I, you know, we've had a big focus on green space and parks also in the city of Troy. I think another thing that's going to happen, and I, I don't take credit for this by myself, obviously it goes with city council and you know, public works department, city administration, but we opened a new park this year, the Gene M. Stein community park. We're doing a huge expansion of that park next year. That's going to include an ice rink river and a pavilion. We've got an all-inclusive park being built in the city. So, I mean, I think part of that, you know, focus on parks and green space also will be um, indicative of this era is what will come out of it. You know, I have to say, we don't know each other that well, but we've met a couple of times now. And I have to tell you that I also find that you know very important thing that you're doing, and it's more by your nature than by any agenda you may have. And that is that you make government very approachable. You really do. You're a relatable guy. You're a guy that people can feel comfortable talking to, bringing their ideas to, bringing their concerns to. I've seen some of it play out, as I said, at one of the Troy Chamber meetings, and the way you interact with people. You're a different kind of, if you will, again, politician. You're a different kind of leader. And I think that that kind of leader is the kind of leader we need right now. And I think that that will serve the city of Troy extremely well. It's a little bit on the softer side of things, but the reality is, you know, uh, we just talked about at the beginning of this little conversation that uh, it's important for government and the people who live in a given city to be able to interact very effectively and efficiently with government. And you make it easy to do that there's an open door there kind of thing. And I'm telling you, that is very powerful. I find that to be very powerful about you and very important. So looking forward, I got to ask, where does all this go? Here you are doing a great job for the city of Troy. As you look forward, where does it go from here? Well, first, thank you for those very, very nice words. Obviously, I, I appreciate that. And I do work hard to try to be approachable and relatable and, and friendly, frankly. I think there's a lot that can be done with a smile. And, <laughs> I mean, it's important and, to be an ambassador laugh. for the city you serve, right? Right. And so I, I do make that a focus. It sounds silly if I tell you that's my focus, but I do do that. And I work yeah. hard at that. Well, like um, I said, it's not necessarily your focus. It's your nature. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not like I have a strategic plan exactly. for, for niceness. And that's that, that, but, that authenticity <laughs> is part of what makes it so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, the future, I don't know. I'm in year three of my four-year term, my first four-year term, I should say. I'm up for re-election in next year, November of 2023. So as of right now, I'd like to get re-elected mayor because I still think there's going to be a lot to be done in the city of Troy. And I will be in the middle of some big projects that I don't want to walk away from. So I think that's the big focus for me next. I love being the mayor. I love the city of Troy, obviously. And I'm really having a good time doing it. You know, politics, as we talked about, is really ugly at the federal and state level, it seems like, a lot of the time. and um, Part of me says, why would you want to have anything to do with any of that? The other part of me says, hey, you're up for a challenge. Try to make it better, right? Don't just, you know, sit back and say, oh, I, I don't want to be a part of that. It's bad news. We'll try to make it good news. So there's a part of me that looks at some of that and I, you know, maybe that'll be in my future at some point. But right now I'm really focused on being the mayor of the city of Troy, the city that I love, that we, we live in, we work in. And uh, I guess I got to get reelected next year. We're really happy to hear that. We're glad to have you keep your focus right where it is now. Before we close, you've got a beautiful family too. You're a family man. Yeah, I mentioned you're a young guy, but the reality is you got a uh, family if to, to the extent that you want to. Tell us about your family. Yeah, no, I've got a, an amazing wife and three awesome kids. And my wife is a, she's a PhD marriage and family therapist, um, has a, a private practice in the area and uh, is a co-founder of a nonprofit called Michigan Community for Emotionally Focused Therapy. It's a form of therapy that's very, very uh, highly effective for couples. 
And uh, she's really active in that. And I mean, obviously way more than what she does for work. She's everything in our family. She's the heartbeat of our family. And we're indebted to her every single day. I feel like on every level Uh, I do have three kids who are 15, 13 and 10. So I'm thankful that they're now in that second decade, you know, as opposed to the early days of little kids. Um, It feels a little bit more stable, although I find myself driving them around all the time at this point. (laughs) And my my oldest, my daughter, she just got her driver's permit. So now it feels like she's always asking, well, dad, let's go drive. Let's go drive. Of course. But we're doing all that. And, you know, my kids are good kids. You know, I've been in city government for seven years now. So they've, in a sense, are growing up in this environment. And, you know, they see things a little differently because of that. But they're really good kids, Jeff. And And Bethany and I, work really hard to try to make things normal for them when they need to be and also let them see some of the good stuff that you can have in public service. Yeah. You know, I asked you to talk about your family because first of all, it's obviously as a, as a proud dad, so, uh, you know, something that every proud dad likes to talk about, but beyond that, and more than that, it is relevant to being the mayor of the city of Troy too. You are living the same lives that a lot of other families in our area live and you understand the challenges and the desires and you know, that, that families have in terms of where they want to be, how they want to live what quality of life means to a family here in America today and in the city of Troy today. Absolutely. I think that gives you, you know, let's call it part of the great education, you know, to be fit, to be mayor, to have a family like that, three kids, great wife, beautiful family. First of all, happy for you. That's the the best, the best. And I can speak to that as well. So uh, we're just really happy to have you in the community. We appreciate your great service. Ethan Baker, Mayor Baker, Keep up the great work. We're behind you all the way. And thanks for being on Inside Michigan Business today. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate being here very much. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Inside Michigan Business Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to receive programming notifications and special event announcements by going to InsideMichiganBusiness.com. Follow us on your favorite social media platform and wherever podcasts are downloaded. Thank you for listening.